So, hey, look, so excited to be uh, back. Kia ora, and it's just, uh, and wow, kia ora, kāpai, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, 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 it is, everything is kāpai. <laughs> It's great, it's great, and uh, I mean, I, I just want to thank, first of all, while I've been away, you know, all the pastors and stuff who, and teams and volunteers who have made church happen uh, every, uh, every week, and can trust me, it was hard sitting at our house over there, hearing it, doing my garden, going, oh, I really want to be over there, and what's happening, and stuff, but can we put our hands together for all the team and the, the volunteers and that who, who put it together, thank you so much, and great, great preachers and the great preachers in the house. I mean, Cliff was great. I managed to come in uh, last week and on Father's Day and Cliff did a great job. And uh, I don't know about his dad jokes, um, but they were all right. You want to hear a dad joke? Here's one. Here's one. Two fish in a tank. One fish said to the other fish, how do you drive this thing? Okay, I'll just leave it with, I'll just leave it with you. It's a dad it's a dad joke. Just keep working on it. Some of you will get it in the next service, I'm sure. Uh, it, will, it will dawn on you. So uh, it's great to be back and back on a baptism Sunday too. Love seeing uh, people getting uh, baptized, which is uh, uh, always exciting. And to those who are friends of those getting baptized, just a very warm welcome to you. And I pray you uh, feel at home. We also have Penny Gaylor here today, who uh, was uh, Ōtaki, uh, looking after Ōtaki on the uh, council. And hang on, I'll just explain. So she's now, given that James Coots is now doing that in local government, and uh, our very own James Coots, and being the local government person in Ōtaki, while Penny uh, uh, runs for the Wellington Regional Council. So let's give her a big welcome here. It's great to have some local government uh, in the house and uh, uh, it's great to see. I, I knew who she was because I got her brochure in the uh, in the mailbox. So uh, it's getting uh, getting out there, and so great to have you uh, here. And so also, I, I, I pray you've seen that the church is painted now around the uh, outside. So it's great to have the church painted, and all the people uh, uh, teams have worked hard to do that. We've got some church ones, and we also paid some people to do it. We've also got a container out the back. I don't know whether you've noticed it or not, but there is a container for all our storage. Why'd you buy a container? Well, because it's cheaper and we don't need building permits and all that. We can put it up there, put it on the shelf and stuff. And we've got a, uh, all the storage and stuff and to create space because we're really tight uh, uh, with space here. So we've got that container, which is exciting. We've changed all the, you've seen the sign writing and the stuff uh, on the gates and stuff. So that's uh, getting done. And I'm also excited to tell you that we're just about to start our extensive renovations to our 3 p.m. Uh, building to create a much better space for our Connect Kids in our 3 p.m. Uh, ministry, and so we're about to, about four of you are excited about that. I think we need to be so, uh, I mean, you should get excited. You paid for it, so uh, you, 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 you should get really excited about uh, about that. So, um, yeah, we just want to uh, continue in our rename, relaunch, and refurbish plans, and again, thank you for your generosity to those who gave for allowing us to happen, because I do believe children's ministry is so important. About four of you. I said children's ministry is so, uh, so important. We want to give uh, your kids the best place, best environment for them to grow in the things of God. And, and so they're doing heaps of uh, stuff there. As far as I uh, uh, understand, they'll be uh, shifting some walls. The layout will be changed. Heat pumps installed. Flooring upgrade. Toilets upgrade. Lots of different stuff uh, happening. So uh, it's just it will be an incredible place uh, for the kids. And can we put our hands together for all the volunteers every week? who work together and do that. It's a volunteer thank you day. Hallelujah. 
And so that's, that, that, that's really cool. And one of the things that excited me was this week as I came back is that a, a New Life Church actually in Tauranga, who I've, I've actually never preached uh, at, at that church, but they just sent us a $5,000 check too because they, they just said, hey, we can see God is blessing you and, and just we want to, we, we're believing God uh, for miracles in our building too. And so we just want to say $5,000 and just say New Life Church. And I, I'll just say, bring it on. Thank you very much. Thank you, G. Uh, G. So I think it's pretty cool. They said, one thing in the letter, they, say, they said, we could see you're a hundredfold ministry. And so there's increase. And we want to sow into that that we might, uh, might receive. And I think that's kind of cool that churches from around the country uh, uh, have seen that and what God is doing and are really uh, are ready to uh, sow into that. And so that's pretty, pretty exciting. So you are ready for the word right now, aren't you? Aren't you? Come on, about time, about time, Pastor. Lord, we just pray that your word would speak to us today. Father God, that it would uh, shift things in our lives and encourage us and inspire us, but also challenge us, Father God, from the inside out to be different than how we came in. Lord, we want to be a people who impact our world and to change people's uh, lives, to see people impacted with the light and love of Jesus Christ. And so God, you help us, Father God, to receive your word into our heart today. And everybody said, Amen. So I'm reading from the book of Colossians. I'm just continuing uh, uh, in on that. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. And it goes like this. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves. Everybody say, clothe yourselves. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And then down to verse 14, it says, and over all these things, over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. I want to give four thoughts today that I hope will encourage and challenge you. The first one is this, and number one is the first thing I can see from the scripture is you're chosen. Now, I've preached on this before, but every time I see this word, it's like God puts it on my spirit. That, 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 you, there are some people who, who just don't believe it. They don't believe it. They don't believe that they're, they're chosen by God. But I want you here today to know that you're chosen. Yeah. Everybody say chosen. Yeah. Tap your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. Yeah. Turn back to that neighbor you weren't even going to talk to and say, I think he was, even means you as well. Yeah. You're chosen. You're chosen. We have to understand that. Some of us don't believe it because we let our insecurities speak. We let our insecurities speak into our life. We let our doubts speak. We, we, we let our God wouldn't choose me kind of speak or I'm no good. We let our insecurities speak. But I want to tell you today, it's time to let the Word of God speak and allow His Word, not what you think about you, but what God thinks about you into your heart. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. You've got to understand you're chosen. How do I know that? Because Jesus said at John 15 verse 16, you did not choose me. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. You've got to know that God has chosen you, not just to sit around and do nothing, but he's chosen you for a reason. He's appointed you. He's anointed you for a purpose that your life might bear fruit, that your life would impact others. You're chosen. You've got to know that. And you're chosen not by accident. Not by, oh, shoot, I picked you and, oh, that was a mistake. No, no, he chose you on purpose. 
Because we can't do what we do here. You're not here by accident. We can't do what we do without you here. It's with you being here that allows us to be Connect Church. How many know the church is not the steeple? It's the people. It's the people that are here. And because you're here, things happen. And just watching that, uh, that, that dance, you know, the video put together. Vanessa, stand up. She put that video together of Kessia uh, there. Just I love seeing all the talent and stuff that's uh, there. But maybe for others, you might think, oh, well, I can't do that. But whatever it is you can do, everyone has gifts and talents. You've got to send every one of you a part of a body. God is using to make a difference in this community and impacting the nation and nation's Around the earth, you're chosen. So that leads me to the second point. Second point is this. You're holy and dearly loved. You're holy. And you're not only chosen, you're holy and dearly loved. There's a follow-up question. You've got to understand. You're holy and dearly loved. And if you're new to church today, you might be thinking, well, how does this holiness thing work? How does it work? I mean, uh, is it just about trying to be a good person and trying to, you know, help as many old ladies across the road as I possibly, uh, possibly can? I've, I've done more old ladies than you, so I'm way better than you. Is that how holiness works? Is it about us trying to be good and, and trying to uh, uh, be a bad? And all of those things are, are fine. We should help people. I helped a lady with her shopping the other day. I could see she was struggling with her trolley. And I, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Somebody else hit him. You hit him too, Mason. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, it wasn't a needer. I did actually get out and help her last night. I was like, "Oh, can't you do it yourself?" No, no, I didn't. Say it. I got out. Didn't I help you last night? Usually, I don't. I usually don't. No, I don't actually. I'm pretty bad on that. But I saw this old lady struggling. I went into, but, but again, that, that doesn't get us brownie points with God. How does the holiness thing work? I guess it's important for us to understand. Our holiness has nothing to do with how good we are. We've got to always understand. It's got everything to do with how good he is and what, come on somebody, and what he has done on the cross of Christ. Because we can never earn it. The Bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags before holy God. We can't, whatever we do, it's never good enough compared to God. See, God doesn't compare you with that dude in prison. And you go, oh, I'm way better. No, he compares you with himself and we always fall short. But this is the good thing about God. It is not about how good we are or how bad we are. It's about how good He is and what He has made available to us and what He has accomplished. That's why I love Fifth, uh, uh, Second Corinthians 5.21. You know, it's my favorite scripture. He who knew no sin became sin for you, for you, that you might become the righteousness of God in Him. What does that mean? If you become righteous, what does that mean? Holy in His sight. He did it. He did it. We couldn't do it. He did it. Colossians chapter 1 verse 12 says, The Father has qualified us. He's qualified you. He's qualified. We don't deserve it. We can't earn it. We can't buy it. He has qualified us. That's why I love that saying, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. I'll say it again. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. What does that mean? It means it doesn't mean he's watching you going, oh, well, look, see, he helped that lady at the shop. And yes, he helped his, helped his wife, even though Neil was rude. And uh, he just did all that type of thing and, and, and did that and helped them. He's such a good guy. Yep, you can come. You can come. No, no, that's not how it works. He calls us. You're chosen. And because he's chosen, you, you, he, 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 he makes you because of what he has done. 
That you can stand righteous and holy in His sight. Religion says you better sort yourself out, then God will accept you. It says you sort yourself out, God will accept you. You get yourself sorted out, get yourself a haircut, boy. What you wearing those holy jeans for? Take that earring out. Religion does all that. God will do that and then he'll accept you. But my Bible says this in Ephesians uh, uh, chapter 2 verse 8. It says this, for it is by the grace, it is by grace you have been saved. What's grace? Unmerited favor. You, you don't deserve it. it is, but it is by grace, unmerited favor that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from you. This is not from yourself. It is a gift of God. It's free to you. It's a gift of God. Not cheap, but free. Cost God everything. Cost God his son. But it's free to us. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. It's free. And so as we've said, holiness is not the way to Christ, but Christ is the way to holiness. See, what religion does is says change and he'll accept, but what Christ does, he accepts us and then we change. We change. You see, I love God uh, and not so I can get brownie points. I serve God not so I can get brownie. I serve God because he loved me, not so he'll love me. Yeah, you, you get, I, I serve him because he loved me. He, the Bible says he who is forgiven much loves much. And trust me, I was forgiven much. But here's the thing, so were you. Don't you think you, I, I, I don't know how bad you were. And some of you still are. I mean, it's just like, I, 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 I know it. No sin, no temptation has taken us but that which is common to man. We turn up and we look good on Sunday, but we know we can mess up on Monday. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Tap your neighbor and say, I think he's talking about you. <laughs> he can't be talking about me. Lord Jesus. But he who, who, who is forgiven much, he loves much. And he accepts us and we, we change. And why? Because, because of that, because he loves us. When we, we, we have to understand that, 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 that we're dearly loved. We're dearly loved. We're holy and dearly loved. We're chosen, we're holy, we're dearly loved. Do you know that God just doesn't tolerate you? He just doesn't tolerate you and put up with you. You ever gone on a long trip with a whole bunch of people and someone else or, or a whole team of things and somebody else jumps in your van that you didn't know was going to be there and it's like, oh, what are they doing here? I know none of you have ever done that, but in other churches, sometimes they do that. It's like, what are they doing here? And you sort of tolerate them. You know, you're there, but you're so tolerant. You know, God doesn't do that for you. Oh, well, they're on my planet. I'll just grim and bear it for a while. <laughs> he doesn't tolerate you. He dearly loves you. He dearly Loves you. I live in a two-story house. One of the things I get to do every morning is I can see the kids going off to work. Reuben, Grace, Gia, and I uh, get as a dad, you know, as a father, to look out the window and go, oh, there goes my kids. And I don't go, oh, thank goodness they're gone. <laughs> when, when the kids are going out. The thing is, I look out, and, and, and Nita does it too. We sort of dote over the kids, and there's Reuben in his car. <laughs> driving he's gonna drive now he just turned 19 yesterday come on yeah yeah yeah, yeah. now when i take photos with him i need to stand on a box so i can be you know as tall as him but 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 when i look out as a, as a dad i look after them and go oh man i love my kids i dote over my kids even you jeremy sometimes <laughs> son-in-law we love jeremy 
except when you leave that bathroom door open. Please close it, okay? But the, especially when he's in it, you know? Is, is it the, no, no, no. So I don't know where that's going. Well, Lord help us. I haven't preached for four weeks, so I've got a lot of stuff stored up here. Yeah. But, but, but the, 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 the thing is, as, as a father, I look out across the, and, and I see the kids and I, I just dearly love them. Yeah. And that's how your father in heaven looks at you too. He looks out from above and he dearly loves you. He's not tolerating you. He's not putting uh, up with you. He loves you. He thinks you're cool. He thinks you're uh, awesome. He, he, he really does. Yes, even, and, and here's the thing is some people don't believe that. Some people don't, uh, don't believe, oh, he couldn't love a person. Uh, like me, but if you're here today and you go, nobody would love me, you're wrong, he does. Yeah. My Bible says he dearly loves us. Yes, even with that crooked smile, even with that funny laugh, even with that birthmark and that crooked eye and that arthritic knee and that really bad temper, he still loves you. Come on, somebody. He loves you. This love's not based on what you do, but who, or rather whose you are. You're his son. You're his daughter. He clearly, clearly loves you. And after that scripture, there's a, there's a little shift. You're holy and dearly, dearly loved. And again, you've got to know, first of all, always, before you've got to know what you've got to do, you've got to know who you are. And you remember the last time I uh, preached here, or maybe you don't, but, but it was pretty good, so you possibly will remember it. But we talked about that program roots. Remember that the Kunta Kende the Mandingo Waya, and you remember that that, that story of uh, as his daughter was was taken away from him and then brutally raped and then gave birth and through horrible situations, uh, uh, she came to a place where she was going to take her life and take her her, her her son's life, and it was at that point, just going into this river, ready to drown herself and her baby, that she heard the voice. Of Kunta Kenti, the father. And she said, she came out, she uh, suddenly uh, grabbed her thoughts together and she said to him, Your grandfather was Kunta Kenti, a Mandinko warrior. You got to know who he is so you can know who you are. And the same is true, you've got to know who he is. Come on, you got to know who your father is. Come on, I'm preaching good today. You got to know who he is so you can know who you are. You're a son and daughter of the Most High God. And see, when you know who you are, then you can find out what God wants you to do. And you can be confident that you can accomplish what God wants you to do because you know who you are. And that's what happens in this scripture. There's a shift that goes from who you are to now how I want you to live your life, which leads me to point three. Because we're made in the image of our Father, like Father, like Son. We should reflect the image of Jesus, and now he tells us how to live our lives. Point three, clothe yourselves. Wow. Clothe yourselves. Colossians 3, verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen, your chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Now, I live with daughters. And for years, I've got used to watching them have big discussions over clothes and it's just one of those things that big discussions over what they're gonna gonna wear and I've, I, I've learned as a uh, man that this is important to them uh, any other uh, dads with daughters here I've learned that this is um, 
important to them. And so sometimes Jill will come out and she's like, how do I look? And I know I cannot pause for a second. Because pausing for a second, because I know I've done it with Anita. Anita will come out, well, how do you look? So are you looking for a critique or what are you looking for? Is it like, uh, no, they just, you, go, you immediately, if you want some advice, here's this is marriage 101. Respond immediately, great. <laughs> I mean, they're still going to say, do you really mean it? Uh, <laughs> it's true, you know. All the men said, hey, man, help me, Jesus. But, 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 but Gio kind of did how I look, and I'll always say, without pause, great, great. And then Grace will come out five seconds later and say, Dad, I can't believe you said she looks okay in that. I can't believe it. What do you know about fashion? And I'm like, nothing. Why do you even ask me, you people? Just leave me alone. I'm a man. <laughs> but, 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 uh, closer but, 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 but. <laughs> you can see it's affected me <laughs> but clothes are important clothes are important and, and, and you know even last Sunday Gia came out and said oh you know she, I got her permission to do this but she, she literally came out she's like oh I can finally wear this top because so and so is not wearing it at church <laughs> and you know who you are so-and-so she named two people you know it's not wearing that top and I can finally wear it now I thought later on during the week how did you know they were not wearing their top she's like I phoned them because that's like mortifying right for the for the girls you know a few weeks ago there was a guy wearing the same shirt as me but guys we just think that's cool come on we're like, oh, coolness together. Yeah, I, I have chosen something somebody else wants to wear. <laughs> but clothes are important. Grace is getting married, of course, and yesterday she went to Wellington to look at dresses and stuff and material and, you know, all that type of thing. They're always talking about what they're going to wear. I'm just glad I'm a guy. I mean, this is a, I mean, you know, it's just... But the truth is, every single morning we have decisions to make. What do I wear today? How are we going to clothe ourselves? What are we going to put on? As it has been said, as in the natural, so in the spiritual. And so the question or challenge for us today is, what are you wearing? Daughters will sometimes come out and, uh, you know, they'll say to one another, oh, you, 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 I love that top. You look amazing. Of course, there's labels and all types of things out there. My favorite label, made in China. It's uh, good, does me. But what do people see you wearing? I'm not talking about in the physical. I'm talking about in the spiritual. In their dealings with, with you. Do they, do they see compassion? Do they see you wearing compassion? Clothe yourselves with Compassion. In your Facebook posts. Do they see you dealing with compassion? Is that what you're wearing in your conversation? Is that what you're wearing? Clothe yourselves. 
with compassion, with, with kindness. Do you wear kindness? When, when people see you in your workplace or in your school, are you, you known for, as someone who wears kindness, someone who wears compassion? Are you known as someone who wears humility? Somebody got quiet in this Presbyterian church. What are you wearing? Sometimes we talk about we wear our Sunday best. And old school, we talk about our Sunday best, but then on Monday, we wear our Monday worst. Because we know how to dress up and wear that which people can look at. But in our spaces and in our places where we work and where we, uh, where we live with our family, just in our dealings with our family, Lord Jesus. What do you wear? What do you wear? What do people see? You're wearing compassion, humility, integrity, kindness, humility. Yeah, but they see you wearing something else. What are you wearing? In the message version of the same passage of Scripture, again, the message is just another version in contemporary language of this same passage. It says this, Colossians 3 verse 12, it says, So chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Dress in the wardrobe that God picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline. You know, as the scripture teaches here, we've got to understand to clothe ourselves. It's not automatic. This is not something God's going to do. We have to do it. You're chosen, you're holy and dearly loved, but you've got to clothe yourself. You've got to clothe yourself. You've got to do it. God won't do it for you. He'll provide the wardrobe. He makes it available to us. And there should never be a question of like, oh, what have we got to wear? I've got nothing to wear. Now, he's provided the wardrobe. It's just whether we're ready to clothe ourselves in it. Do we dress in humility? I mean, it's a choice. God encourages us to. He encourages all of us to. How do I know? First Peter 5, 5 says, all of you, all in the Greek and the Hebrew means all. All of you, clothe yourselves. Some of us try to clothe other people. <laughs> Come on. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor or grace to the humble. Oh man, that's something, that's something to change, change how we walk anyway. Do you know this? God resists the proud but he assists the humble. Do you walk in humility? D.L. Moody, the great evangelist says, God sends no one away empty except those who are full of themselves. It's up to us to put it on. It's up to us to, to dress as God would have us dress. Which leads me to point number four. To put on new clothes, you've got to take the old ones off. Not here, not now. This We're talking spiritually. Come on. To put the new clothes on, you've got to take the old clothes off. In the verses preceding this passage that we're reading today, the writer has told the Colossian church in Colossians chapter 3, verse 9, he says, you have just, just before this passage we've read out, 
He says, you have taken off your old self with its practices. And then it gives a long list of stuff like anger, rage, malice, slander, lying, etc. He's like, take that stuff off. And verse 10, and have your new self put on. The thing is, I've realized this old clothes are comfortable. Every one of us here have got that pair of jeans. Every one of us here have got that old t-shirt or that old jersey that when we just put it on, it just feels good. We, we, the thing is, it's hard to take off old clothes. They just, we, we're, we're so used to them. We're, we're comfortable in them. It's like that old jersey or, you know, when, you, when a young kid's trying to take their blankie off them. They got their blankie, even though it's covered in spit and muck and all that. It's like, don't you touch my blankie. It's hard to give up the old because it's comfortable. We've got, we've got used to it. And even though that blankie stinks, we'll keep it. And it's hard to wear new stuff sometimes. I, I mean, I'm dressed. I had to take Aaron and, and to get me dressed up because the thing is, I, I just dress safe. And, and, and so I said, Aaron, okay, we're going to go into Wellington for the, for the day. And, you know, even though I'm 67, you're going to, no, I'm not 67. I'm like, you're going to make me look cool, Aaron. And you, if you tell me to wear that, I'm going to wear it. Some of us, because I'm just like, I'll just buy safe. I'll just buy, I won't buy holy jeans. I'll just buy nice little normal ones. <laughs> I certainly won't, you know, wear jeans that go like this. Skinny jeans for obvious reasons. I mean, you're a bit slow, and you shouldn't even be laughing at that, Neil. <laughs> but Aaron would take me, and he, he, I was like, "You just if you say I, I look good in it, I, I'll, I'll just wear it." So you got any complaints about the wire dress? You write to him. It's his fault. The thing is, all clothes are comfortable. I decided for me in terms of my role with New Life Church across New Zealand, I just can't stay comfortable. I just can't stay looking uh, how I look. I, I, I have to pick things up. I, it's easy to stay comfortable, but I can't be there. You have to take the old stuff off to embrace the new. To do that, of course, you got into go into the changing room. I hate changing rooms. Go in there and there's never any hooks and all the stuff's on the floor. But the reality is this is a changing room. Spiritually now, please just uh, be clear. But this is a changing room. This is where God can change people to lose the old and embrace the new. That's why I love baptisms because that's what baptisms are about. Leaving behind the old and embracing the new. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. All this is from God. We couldn't buy it. We couldn't earn it. All this is from God who has reconciled us to himself through Christ. We've got to take the old stuff on so we can put the old stuff off so we can put the new stuff on. That's why Isaiah 61, 3 says, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Take it off. Take that heaviness off so you can put on something new. 
put on what God's made available to you. But sometimes we don't want it because we're comfortable. Sometimes we don't want to do that praise so we can get rid of that heaviness because we just want to stay grumpy. Oh, yeah. We just want to stay with that bad attitude. Or we just want to stay how we are because we got used to staying negative. And in the Bible, there's a story of Lazarus, Jesus. An event took place. You know, Jesus' friend, Lazarus, he was, he died. And they called Jesus to to come and pray with the family. And of course, Jesus went the other direction. It's a whole nother, nother story. But by the time Jesus did get there, Lazarus had died. And they're like, oh, if you had have been here, Lord, mate, you would have been able to sort this out. But he's dead, dead now. And he, he was brought to the, to the grave of where Lazarus was. And if you know the story, he cried out to Lazarus. And Lazarus came, came forth. He he resurrected, we've been singing about resurrection. But it says this in John 11, verse 43, it says, When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out. His hands and feet were wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. You know, some of us are a bit like Lazarus. We've had that new life. God's resurrected and brought something powerful in our life, but we're still wearing the old clothes. We're still wearing the old grave clothes. And I want to just say in these few moments that we have together, come on, take them off. Take them off today. Let God do something. Don't wear that stuff anymore. It's time for you to put on, come on, I'm preaching good. It's time for you to put on the new stuff that God would have for you. Garments of righteousness, garments of peace, garments of joy. so we can let you go and grow into all God has for you. So you can live free, not tied up, not semi-free, not still wrapped in the old grave clothes, but free. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. Sometimes the girls, they come into the house and go, Mom, I don't know what to wear. I don't know what to wear. Sometimes we go, well, what do I put on? What do I put on? Well, Colossians, and it's that same passage in the message, says this in Colossians 3.14, and regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic all-purpose garment, never to be without it. If you're wondering what to wear, just wear love. Love God, love people. Can't go wrong. What are you wearing? What are you going to change? What, what clothes have you got to take off? challenges for us today is to dress in the wardrobe that God has picked out for you. Kindness, compassion, humility, quiet strength, discipline. What have you got to put on? What have you got to take off? That's the challenge for us to evaluate in our life today. Is that all right, people? All right, bow your heads for a moment. I don't want to close this service without giving people an opportunity.